Welcome to a brand new episode of the All Hoops Podcast, your go-to home for all things basketball. I'm your host, Steve Inman, and as always, I'm joined by producer to the stars, fresh off a trip to Miami, Chris Brito. How are you, my friend? Hey, Stevie. Happy to see you on another episode of the All Hoops Podcast. I'm ready to talk some March Madness, some Knicks, and potentially some NBA trade deadline, trade, trade deadline stuff coming up next week. Um, so, but let's get to the most important thing that's going to happen this week, which is the start of March Madness. Um, off the bat, Steve, who are you looking as the prospects that we should be looking at? Well, I mean, before we get to that real quick, I want to say how amazing this is that we are finally back to March Madness, right? Like we didn't get the tournament last year. You and I are going to spend a couple of days together doing that. I can't wait for that. You know, I'm going to about to fill out my bracket right after this show. So this is it. This is the best time of the year. It's about to get warm out. We got March Madness, then you got baseball, then you got the NBA playoffs. This is the best time of the year for sports. For me, I'm going with two guys, two guards, and I'm always looking at guards, right, because the Knicks never have enough. Uh, Moses Moody and Jalen Suggs. Moses Moody because, you know, he's really taken this Alabama team really far, right? And the last time they've had a guy like this, he played a very similar style, and that was Colin Sexton. And Colin Sexton, you know, four years ago for Alabama had some crazy, crazy shots to get them going. And now he's averaging, what, 24, 23 a game for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I had a guy on a different show I was working on, uh, Blake Lovell, who's an SEC analyst. And I asked him, who does Moses Moody remind you of? And he said, Joe Johnson. And I said, that's a pretty good comp right there. So now I'm really excited to see if I see any Joe Johnson in him. Is he more of a lead guard? Is he a shooting guard? Is he a guy who could fall into the, the the low 10s, you know, 10, 11, 12 pick. That's something where the Knicks, let's say you have the 16th and 17th pick or 14th and 16th pick. Could you trade up, you know, both those picks to move up to, you know, 9 or 10? I think that's something to look at. And then Chris, Jalen Suggs, he's looked unbelievable. I've heard the Jason Kidd comp a few times. And with him, they're the, they probably are the best team in the country, at least from an NBA talent perspective with Jalen Suggs and Corey Kispert. I want to know, is Kispert as, you know, one of these top college guys carrying that team or does Suggs actually hold his own? And, you know, is he the reason why, you know, Gonzaga is going to be a number one seed in this tournament? Yeah, I mean, Gonzaga to me seems like the team that I I would predict would win the the tournament, them or Illinois. Um, I'm really a big, I'm really looking forward to to seeing Kate Cunningham play in some really meaningful games. Um, you know, the Knicks likely won't get him. Uh, the other guy I really like is James Booknight from UConn. You know, we follow the Big East because we're, we're St. John's fans and went to the school. And I think that James likely will fall in the range where the Knicks will eventually pick in the NBA draft, which is in the teens. So I'm starting to look at prospects that would make sense for us. And I think that's somebody that would make a lot of sense for the Knicks. I mean, we talked about it before the show. The Knicks need scoring and, and shooting seems, and shooting. And he seems like a perfect fit. You know, one of the good things about the the current Knicks run is that, you know, as great as they've been, they have some definite, definite needs. Scoring is one of them. And it seems like this draft has plenty of good, capable ones that if you add them to the team next year, 
you know, where it just it, it's just another, you know, another step in this rebuilding process that has really like accelerated. To think about outside of the Knicks for a second, a guy like Cade Cunningham, right? I mean, last year mm-hmm. there were doubts about who was going to be the number one pick. You had Edwards, you had LaMelo Ball, and nobody really got that opportunity to step up, right? Because there was no March Madness. So why I think at this very moment, Cade Cunningham is that franchise player that Ben Simmons with a jump shot. I don't think he's locked down the number one pick. I think it could go one of these G League guys. I think there's a possibility that the uh, USC kid, the, the big guy, I'm, I'm blanking Evan, on him. Evan, Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley, Evan Mobley. Mo- yeah. Mobley, he, Mobley. He's a guy who could go number one potentially if he has a crazy run in this tournament. So I think while the talent in this draft is better, I also think it's more or less wide open of who could get that number one spot. I think that depends on which team it is, and I think that depends on these March Madness, this March Madness outcome. Yeah, Stevie, but I don't think Katie's going to fall out of the 10, unfortunately, and fall to the Knicks. No, he's, he's in the top <laughs> two. Sure. But you know what, though? You know what, though, Steve? I agree with what you're saying. I think that, you know, as great as he's been, I I mean, I would probably pick Kate if I was picking number one anyway next in the I, next draft. But but the conversation's not, not you know, not shut, right? If you're, if you're Minnesota, are you going to pick up Kate or would you pick someone yes. like Suggs? I mean... Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's fair. And, you know, that's a, that's an organization I mean, that already made the wrong choice, whether it from the LaMelo Ball to Anthony Edwards. So who knows what they're thinking right now, right? Right, right. Um, I mean, there's just plenty of fascinating prospects. And I keep going. I mean, as as many Americans throughout the United States, a lot of people are having a tough time picking the rackets. Like, really, like, it. there's a, a bunch of teams that can win this. And I and if you factor in COVID and, you know, like a team like your Kansas, you know, it, it could completely derail the run or maybe people are sleeping on them and we're not really giving them a chance. And I don't know, I'm really excited for, for Friday and watching it with you, obviously. So is there, I'm, I'm is so there, excited. Is Go there ahead. any, is there any team that you feel particularly confident on that we're sleeping on? I got to take a deeper dive into the bracket, right? Um, My Kansas is always one that I think has had an up and down year, but they finished the season strong that, you know, they got onto a good run. They've beaten some pretty good teams. I also think, you know, they have another gear and guys like Marcus Garrett, who is a senior who has really, you know, not played to that all, you know, college level that I thought he would be one of the top college players in the country. I think there's more there. So I think, you know, he's a guy with a veteran Kansas team that could, you know, go on a run to, say, the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, though. I'm really excited about that. Let's get to the other big topic of this discussion. The NBA trade deadline, Chris, is now next Thursday. We're basically a week away at this point. Do you see any surprises on the horizon? And you know what? No, and I'm okay with that. Um, do you want, the one thing that I'm hoping could happen is flipping Alec Burks or somebody preferably a second rounder in this draft. But aside from that, I don't anticipate that. I don't want Victor Oladipo. Not not because I don't think he's not a talented player. I just don't really want to give up a lot for him if we could potentially get him in the free in free agency. Um I oh, you know, there was that interesting uh, rumor about potentially getting um Miles Turner 
Uh, but about, you know, Knicks being potentially interested in Miles Turner. That's someone I could potentially like on the Knicks if we, but that would probably mean the end of Mitchell Robinson, um, who I think is a great piece to the, to the current team. But someone like Miles Turner would really make this offense more dynamic, give a shooter, a, a big, a, a shoot, a big shooting, big, uh, sorry, a big that can shoot and give the yes. Knicks another scoring option and provide defense defense. So I don't hate it. I, that would be the one move that I would like, but if we don't make any moves, that's fine with me. I really like the idea of miles Turner. Um, I'm always for my bigs. I'm always looking for a guy who could defend at the rim or he could stretch the floor. And miles Turner is one of those few bigs. that could do both, right? He could mm-hmm. extend his range. He could do that. I don't know what the deal is, why he keeps being dangled in trade rumors. Like, they were ready to give him away this offseason, right? And Boston said no. New Orleans said no. The Knicks weren't in the conversation at this point. But I think it's going to cost a lot more now to go get him, even if he is available. So I don't think they would do a Mitchell Robinson for Turner swap because you have to pay Mitchell Robinson now. So that's another issue. We'll have to get to that on another show. I think the the Burks for a second rounder thing is interesting, but I don't see a scenario where they're trading off vets, right? I think this is a team that is looking to add. I think they are, we have to get this, one of these last playoff seeds or bust. And I don't agree with that strategy. I think they should be taking more of a long view, but I could see a guy like JJ Redick come in here. Maybe you do a, a JJ Redick for Frank Nilakina swap. And why yeah, I, I say not. that is because, you know, the, the Pelicans are always looking for younger guys. You know, Reddick's a guy who's making decent money, so he'll but he'll fit right into under the salary cap. The Knicks have plenty of money to spend. And the key is you don't want us to be spending draft capital that you're going to use. You want to be spending a Neela Kina or a Knox or one of these guys who's not really a young guy that another team would want, but he's not really part of your long-term plans. So that's how I see the Knicks approaching the deadline. You know, short-term veterans who can give a small boost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, the Knicks are angling for that last playoff, last playoff position. And it seems like they've, they have added enough space between the 10th seed and where they are currently, which is, I believe, seventh or eighth. But right now they're going to have the toughest stretch really of their entire schedule. And we were looking at the last the next the, the next few weeks that's ahead of them and it's a brutal schedule. I mean, as you said, right now we sit at 20 wins. We're looking at potentially 30 to 34 to to get in the playoffs, correct? I would th- I would think 30 32. It's 10 teams, right? Like you're going to have you could be pretty mediocre to make the playoffs this year. Okay, okay. So <coughs> 30 that wins. let's said, say 30 wins. Okay, 30 wins. Out of those games that we have left, I counted six or seven gimmies, as in games that we should win. And you know what? I like our chances with the other ones. You know, we have we have some potential matchups against the Mavericks. You know, we hung in there with the Nets, one of the, the best team in the NBA. So I can see us sneaking off six or seven other wins. So... You know the oysters ours, I guess, because you know right now we're 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 in the playoff run. It just remains to be seen if we can maintain it for the rest of the season. 
I think part of that is what other teams do at the deadline, right? Like Kyle yeah. Lowry may or may not be available. If he get becomes available and he gets traded, does that knock the Raptors out of the playoff race, right? That means a team like the Knicks can jump in front of them. I think the Sixers are the perfect, perfect fit for Kyle Lowry. I think he's a, a lead guard who can help set up that offense. He can get the ball to Simmons and Embiid in the right spots where Simmons does not have to do as much on offense. He can shoot. He can play make. And I think they're going to need one more tough guy around to hang with that big three of the Nets. And he's the best guy available. Yeah, and and in terms of you know someone who can just absolutely guard one of those two explosive guys, you need another guy. I mean, you need Lowry to to guard someone like Kyrie. You need Ben Simmons to get Harden, you know, and then you 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 take your chances with Durant, with whoever else you have, Durant, with Tobias, yeah, yeah. with yeah. Tobias Harris. I like the Phillies. I mean, I like the Phillies' chances better if we have, if they have Kyle because. I don't know if any team could really match up with the Nets. Maybe the Lakers or Utah, but I mean, I don't know about anybody in the East right now who can play up with them. They have the best front court. If you're Toronto, you're in a good spot. You're either going to get a pretty good young player return for Lowry, you know, whether it's like a Tyrese Maxey or maybe a first-round pick, or you're going to keep Kyle Lowry and you're going to say, hey, we're a frisky team. We might be able to make a run. We made a run before, and we say goodbye to Kyle Lowry like that. Or, you know, they say, hey, you know what? This guy has been one of the greatest Raptors of all time. Maybe we give him another deal. So they have a bunch of different avenues to take, and none of them really seem all that bad with Kyle Lowry. Yeah, I mean, Kyle Lowry is is one of the best players in that franchise's history. I think they'll probably move him at the trade deadline, though. If 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 I'm a betting man, I think that's what's going to happen. Who knows if okay. it happens to Philly, though, you know? I don't think you're wrong on that. I think he's definitely the best guy available at the moment. It's the NBA, so anything can happen. Uh, is another one you mentioned. I'm not sure if they're actually going to move him. You know, he he already turned down the two-year $45 million extension. I had a guy I was talking to who's in the know, and he was like, don't assume all of a sudden he's going to be moved. They may try to keep him. You know, if they don't really get a first-round pick, they may just hold on to him and, and think he'd be good for their young guys around there. Um, I'm curious with that, you know, Andre Drummond, I don't think it's going to get moved. I think he's going to get bought out and join a contender. And uh, other than those guys, there isn't a lot of chatter right now. Harrison Barnes is a guy who went from this giant albatross contract for second year of a $75 million four-year deal to now all of a sudden it's, does Boston have enough to go get him, which I think is insane. And I'm wondering if it's these extra four playoff teams restricting trades, right? Like now you went from eight playoff teams, that's half the league to 10. Everyone kind of thinks they're still in the race. So there really are very few sellers. Yeah. I mean, what's, what's your take on the Harrison Barnes situation? I haven't seen much, but why do you think there's such a huge interest in him? Well, I think it's what I just said. There's no one selling. So it's like if you're Boston and you have this giant trade exception burning a hole in your pocket, there's only so many routes you could go. Like there aren't a ton of options to go get when you just have money to spend. You don't have good young players. You don't have a lot of picks to spend. So it's like you're either going all in on a guy like Kyle Lowry who may cost too much in terms of prospects and and picks, or you're going after a Harrison Barnes who is more or less a giveaway. But now, because he isn't, Uh you know, 
a guy who makes sense like that. The Kings are like, well, what's in it for us? Why are we doing this? So all of a sudden now he's going to cost something in a trade. You know, or Detroit, you know, they don't have, they're selling. They don't really have a lot that people would want. They traded Derek Rose already. I don't think they want to trade Jeremy Grant, who they just got. You know, Minnesota's got only young guys, so they're not really selling off pieces. You know, there's nothing really out there for people to go grab onto because there's so about, few sellers. What about Orlando and, and Aaron Gordon? I mean, he's a guy who's always in rumors too. So that's a fascinating one. It's just if you're Orlando, do you want to sell low? Because he's not played well the last couple of years. He's still he's under injured. contract long term. He's injured now. Like mm-hmm. you can go trade him. Like the, the latest rumor is that Houston would want to do like a, a swap of him at Oladipo. How does that help Orlando? You'll be getting a reacquiring a, a kind of expensive vet who's going to play out the last couple months of his deal and then go sign with Miami Heat or the Knicks. So like, it doesn't really appeal to an Orlando. So I'm wondering where all these trades are going to come from because there's so few things that actually make sense. Yeah, I mean. It's it's tough. I mean, as you described, it's like a it's a brutal trade market, and you know, really, of, of all the pieces that you mentioned, really only Kyle Lowry can make a difference in any team. Everybody else is like, eh, I, yeah. You could probably you could probably live without that deal, honestly. Like even Oladipo, like only like there's rumors about him going to Orlando. There's rumors about him going to the Warriors. If he goes to the Warriors, does that extend their run? Does that make them a much better? team that can go an extra round i mean you're shaking your head no i'm shaking my head no i don't see it yeah (laughs) no yeah so i mean i don't i don't i don't see it either no so we'll have to Um, wait and see on that we'll we'll be back for a a trade deadline show a post-trade deadline show that uh well i guess we'll do a probably maybe thursday night talk about uh the the trade next week i think there's gotta it's the nba so there's gotta be something crazy we're not thinking of but as we said right now the teams that are on the fence the knicks the you know Miami, you know, all these teams that are normally like, should we buy or sell? They're all buying. <laughs> Everyone's buying. Even like Washington is like, we're 10 games under. We're not selling anything. We're, we have to make Bradley Beal happy. So no one's selling, which means uh, Harrison Barnes is the biggest rumor, and I'm done talking about it. So that's <laughs> that. Let's get to our final thoughts right after this. All right, Chris, final thoughts time. Uh, last week we talked about it, and I said it's going to be Nets-Lakers in the finals. This time I'm telling you, the Nets are the best team in the NBA. I am totally on board. The way they can score and shoot, and they only played seven games of Durant, Irving, and Harden together. It's scary what these guys can do because it's not just a big three. Joe Harris, you know, he's amazing. You know, Jeff they Green have- had a great year, and they have a pretty good bench themselves too. They, I think that's the, the the most intriguing part about the about the Nets, right? You kind of had an idea about what Kyrie and James Harden and obviously KD were going to bring, but everybody else has stepped up and makes the Nets so much better than I hate to say it, than than the majority of the league. I mean, I think the only team that could potentially stand a chance are are the Lakers and Utah, but does Utah have enough to even compete with them? The Lakers, if only if if Anthony Davis is healthy, do they have a chance? I think otherwise, it's like I don't I don't know, man. It's it's tough. I mean, the Nets just have they have a good enough defense now. Like, what is the deal with them? You know, all these I'm question marks that all these question marks that we had of, of the team, they're answering them every single night. 
I'm still not buying into them being a good defensive team, but if they're passable, Chris, like that is scary. That is a scary group. Uh, speaking of scary things, the Knicks now, apparently there was rumors about them being interested in Andre Drummond again and potentially offering him a multi-year deal when if he is uh, bought out. I think it's interesting in that it's another guy, another center who – potentially could replace Mitchell Robinson. And I think that what that shows is that the Knicks are, whether they like Drummond or not, it shows they're not completely sold on Mitchell Robinson, which I think is fair considering how we haven't seen much of an offensive game in his first three years and he's hurt and you have to give him a pretty sizable contract this offseason. Yeah. And I think the Knicks are smart, like playing their due diligence out at, I think, I think, Andre Drummond is a proven veteran who who does his job really well, which is grab rebounds and play okay defense as a as a center in the in the current NBA. I wouldn't be I wouldn't hate it. I just think that all the time invested in Mitch kind of goes out the window. But anyway, it it, it is an upgrade over talent, and I it, it's 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 fine. Uh, I'd I'd still like to give Mitch another run when he's healthy and back. Because I think that the time off has has really shown how kind of expendable he is. I mean, Noel has played just enough. I mean, if you look at their stats, they're kind of similar. If anything, Noel maybe has a few more blocks than than Mitchell does in terms of of uh, per game. Um, and yeah, I mean, would you would would you be one of these people lining up to sign Drummond, or would you rather sign Mitchell in the offseason? So again, it depends on the money, right? I mean, if you told me Drummond and Mitch are going to get the same contract, I would choose Drummond. He's still young enough. He's a much better rebounder to me. Uh, defensively, when he's playing his best, he's very good. But it's not always consistent. You know, the effort level has been questionable. And you think of that as, well, he's played on rat teams, right? Detroit and Cleveland. And then all of a sudden Cleveland brings in a younger superior center and tells him to hit the bench. So I'd be curious to see how he plays with a Tom Thibodeau. And if the Knicks are actually interested in Drummond, you know, Tom Thibodeau had a big say in this, right? So from that perspective, it was the same contract. I'd be interested in pursuing it, but I don't know what he's looking for. I mean, he's coming off making 30 million a year. He's not getting (laughs) that anywhere. Uh, would he take a, a two-year, $24 million deal? I I would be interested in seeing that because, again, I don't think the Knicks are attached to Mitchell Robinson. There's been concerns about attitude and, again, all reportedly, but he has dropped six agents in his three years in the NBA. So something is off, and there's something that we're missing that the Knicks don't love about him because you've heard all these rumors about them trying to upgrade center when they have like 90 other problems, including point guard and shooting. So I'd be curious to see what goes on with Andre Drummond. My guess is he just joins the Lakers and wins a championship or get, makes it to the final since I already said the Nets are winning the championship in the show. But <laughs> yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Wait, so Stevie, does that make you the Nets fan in this podcast now? It makes, it me, sounds the like believer. It. It makes me the Nets believer in the show. I'm not rooting for them. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> Um, so let's let's close out the show with this really interesting uh, idea that that I got from last night. You know, when the Nets were playing the Knicks, the Knicks were were really close in 
potentially getting uh, an upset against the Nets. Um, but how great is it that like both basketball teams are are playing well? They're both high level teams. Like they're the effort is there. You know, we're both in the play in playoff race. I mean, potentially the Knicks might face the Nets in the first round. How great is it that this is happening in New York right now, Steve? I think it's awesome. I mean, SNY had a really great video of just Nick fans being hyped around New York for the game. And I just thought, like, this is the coolest thing ever, right? Like, the Knicks are good. The Nets are good. You know, imagine if you got a, a 2-7 matchup between the two of them in the first round. Like, this city would be electric. And yes, do I think the Knicks are real contenders who could knock off the Nets in a playoff round? Not even 1%. But I think it would be so much fun. I think the rivalry would really ignite. Because, again, in the history of this uh, league, these two teams have not been good at the same time very often. You know? And you could debate what, quote-unquote, what, what is good when the Knicks are 20 and 20. But they're relevant. <laughs> they're, they're competitive. That Nets-Knicks game you described was awesome. And so, you know, the NBA to me is way better when these two teams are, are contenders. I agree. And, 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 and quite frankly, like, you, you know, you saw, you saw Kyrie, you know, pay, pay respects to, to Tibbs during the game. Like, oh, your boys are playing hard. You know, James, Harden James, James Harden, James Harden acknowledged like, you know, the Knicks fans at, at Barclays, like, you know, I think this rivalry is beginning to take shape in, in a form that like respectful, right. I think, it's it's thrown out both ways. I think Knicks fans have to, st- you know, New York will always be a a, a, a Knicks, Knicks town, town, a Knicks town. But at the same time, the Nets are becoming more popular, and it's it's hard to stop that train right now. I think you know it's it's not going to happen overnight, but winning a championship certainly helps. Yeah, and they definitely could do it. And that is going to do it for us here on the All Hoops Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And remember to subscribe to our podcast right here. We'll be with a new episode next week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and we will talk to you soon.